Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, Marvin. How are you? Uh, as always, just trying to stay out of trouble, and uh, you may have needed to build an ark in Southwest Virginia the last few days, right? Uh, yeah, things, uh, things went kind of haywire mid-last week with the rain we got, um, probably close to three inches i would guess in some places um just about everything blew out um third wednesday into thursday and uh yeah we've been kind of sitting on the side sidelines until very recently working on flies and good news is, is it's really really comfortable outside so it's uh you know we we're on the river today and uh probably the first or second day of the year that I've thought about taking a nap on the side of the river at lunchtime. Yeah, well, there you go. And it's interesting, right? Because, I mean, we all know water temperatures lag a little bit, and that's what people should pay attention to. But got a pretty prolonged warming trend, and it's kind of into that real transition of late winter into early spring, right? Yep, and it seems to be happening pretty quick. Um, And what, what, you know, I think a big part of it, too, was, was the rain um certainly the rain we had tuesday tuesday and wednesday um they're pretty warm rains and we usually have you know the the first you know couple of warm rains of of spring usually happen in in late february sometime And, and those rains can you know especially if they fill the rivers up they can uh they can raise the water temperature several degrees. In fact, one of our local rivers here has a water temperature uh, gauge on it, and I watched it rise about five degrees um, overnight with some rain last week, just just because of the you know temperature of the water that was going into the river. So we've got that going on, and then on top of that, we've got uh, you know 62 in Abingdon today in the afternoon, and um, we're going to be 64, 65 tomorrow and getting up to the low to mid 70s by Saturday and Sunday. So things are sliding pretty quick. Yeah. So that kind of means musky season is going to start to wind down here pretty soon. And we're going to start to look maybe more for uh, pre-spawn smallmouth, right? Sure. Yeah. The, uh, you know, it's, it's always hard to box seasons into, you know, months, you know, things happen, you know, independently of, of when our, our calendars flip pages, you know. So most people say, you know, the muskies spawn in April. Well, it's usually a little bit closer to the middle of March or maybe the first day of spring. Sometimes it happens even earlier than that. Um, it just kind of depends on the year. So um, good news is, is usually when we have these real quick warm-ups, um, especially, I mean, shoot, the new was running uh, – you know, early last week was still 38, 39 degree water temperatures. And we're probably in the mid to upper forties now. Um, so when things warm up real quick and, and there's potential for it to hit 50 in the next you know, week, um, the smallmouth fishing can be really, really good for those first couple days when water temperatures up towards 50. Um, even if it's, you know, first couple of days of March, and you still think it's winter, um, those, those first couple of days of high water temperatures can be some of the best of the, 
the whole spring, and certainly in terms of bigger fish. So that's definitely something to look forward to. Um, you know, hopefully we'll still have another, you know, several days on the monkey campaign, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and kind of a uh, related question, Matt wanted to know kind of where to target smallmouth in March and April. So I guess a great opportunity to talk about targeting pre-spawn smallmouth. Yeah, so uh, pre-spawn smallmouth is all, uh, it's, it's a transition uh, period, and it's all a gradient. It's all tied to water temperature. So um, spring, I, I've, I've probably said it before, but spring is the season, um, maybe only second to winter when you uh, really need to know your river and the structure of the river and how the fish you know, move throughout it over the course of the different seasons. March, you know, at some, at some time in March, um, generally, the smallmouth are going to leave their wintering holes and they're going to start transitioning towards your spawning areas. And depending on the river, depending on the stretch of river, um, sometimes that distance is a couple miles, several miles. Sometimes it's, you know, a handful of yards. So, um, what it comes down to is knowing where the winter holes are and where the spawning areas are, you know, adjacent to or, or closest to those wintering holes. And then, you know, sort of targeting fish on a, on a gradient, uh, in between those two areas. So, you know, once water temperatures are getting up into the upper forties, the fish are going to start, you know, kind of staging on the, uh, you know, the upper and lower extents of their wintering holes. Um, generally upper, I, I tend to think. And then as, uh, as the water warms and, and progresses, you know, into the, into the fifties and, and mid fifties, those fish are just going to start moving closer and closer to their spawning areas. Um, and certainly by the time we get into the upper fifties, um, you know, those fish should be very, adjacent or in uh, spawning habitat depending on the gender of the fish um, etc and uh, you know all of that happens generally between March 15th uh, maybe you know earlier than that and generally the middle of April so um, those are just things to keep in mind Um, and you know sort of generally you know again if you don't know your river you can sort of make some educated guesses based on, you know, the structure, you know, a wintering hole is generally deep, slow water that's structure filled and has some sort of current blocking mechanism in it, whether it be uh, ledge systems within the pool, um, wing dams, points in the river, et cetera. Um, And then spawning areas are generally shallower, you know, gravelly type flats, or not necessarily backwaters, but, um, you know, areas of, of water that's protected from current that's somewhat adjacent to current and, uh, um, you know, yeah, where a fish can, can set up and sweep a nest and, and spawn um, in, a, in an ideal world without having uh, current come in and sweep their eggs away. So um, that's generally what you're looking for. There's a lot going on in the, you know, the whole, early spring time frame but uh that's the lowdown 
Yeah, well, there you go. And, you know, folks, we love questions on the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us. You can DM us on Facebook or Instagram or drop a question uh, in a comment on one of our social media posts. And if we use your question, I will send you some Articulate Fly swag. And we're in a drawing for some cool stuff from Matt at the end of the season. And like we always do, Matt, want to know what you're writing this week for the Rural Virginian. Yeah, so uh, this week, this is this is always kind of a reflective week for me um, because let's see, it was I, I guess I, in a way I got lucky because my column comes out next week on the 9th of March and the 8th of March of 2020 was the day that I kind of abandoned my guiding responsibilities and drove to Charlottesville to see um, one of my mentors, Chuck Kraft, for the last time. So um, just sort of a little homage to, to Chuck and, and a little bit of reflection before our smallmouth season kicks off. And of course, I've been tying a lot of his flies too the last couple of months. So um, just a little bit of that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen your uh, your fly patterns. I think on social, and you know, you know Chuck, uh, you know touched so many people, not just in Virginia, but basically, you know, smallmouth anglers everywhere. Oh, you're not kidding, man. Well, it's uh, it's it, it's kind of crazy to to believe, and I mean, guys who you know, even guys as young as I am, uh, can remember a time not that long ago, and you know, smallmouth and musky and and all this stuff was not as as popular as it is today, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, um, you know, Chuck was one of the main dudes, certainly in, in, you know, sort of the mid Atlantic. So he, uh, he certainly did have a heavy opportunity to touch a lot of people. And a lot of the guys who were in the game today probably have something to, uh, to thank him for. So a lot of us are lucky in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the last time we spoke, you didn't have a lot of uh, pre-spawn smallie days left on your guide calendar, but you want to fo- let folks kind of know what you have available and maybe you know what your summer bookings look like. Yeah, uh, so got a. I think there's a couple days left in May, um, and then yeah, June, July, August, September. Still have plenty of days in that range. So um, stuff will be here before we know it, man. It's uh, like you said, it's February or. March now we've already got 50 degree water temperatures so things are happening quick yeah and if you uh if you haven't yet you owe it to yourself to to gain a greater appreciation of the humid summers of July and August and early September in Virginia for sure <laughs> well that's the that's the beautiful thing about down here man uh, you know this uh that time of year back home all my buddies who are guiding on the the middle James or the Shenandoah um, some of those guys are re- rescheduling days because of heat indexes or they're fishing 5 a.m. to 11 and, you know, 3 to 7 or 8 or something like that just to avoid the sun. And we uh, we generally, I mean, we get hot, but uh, it, it's definitely a lot cooler. We don't see 100 degrees. We rarely see 95. So it's uh, we're a little bit blessed in that zone, too. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Matt. Oh, thanks, Marvin.